Hey, listen, welcome to the Hey, Listen Games Cast. This is episode 79. I am your host. My name is Jeffrey Morse, and joining me here today, the Nathan Wagner. How's it going, Nathan? It is going. How are you? Doing good. I've uh, put a lot of time into Shadow of War this week, and I'm excited to talk about it at the end of the show. The new Lord of the Rings game, and I know you're a big Tolkien guy. Well, both of you guys are really big Tolkien guys, so uh, I'm excited to, they don't, <laughs> to see what you think about the interesting about lore. She love. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll talk about the end of the show. Um, but also, of course, joining us is the wonderful Rob Douglas. Hey, I, I have to say, I'm I'm a big Tolkien nerd, but I'm mm-hmm. not nearly as big as Nathan is. He's Lord okay. of the Rings, like so heart you're dubbing, to heart. dubbing Nathan the <laughs> Tolkien king of the show. Yep. Yeah, I'll take Star Wars, but give him (laughs) Tolkien. I'll gladly take that title. (laughs) Uh, But we have a fun show for you guys today. Um, We're pretty much just going to be breaking down news uh, for each of the big, uh, or the big three, I guess. So we're going to be talking the biggest Xbox news of this week, the biggest PS4, the biggest Nintendo um, Switch news as well. So, uh, uh, but before we do that, uh, we're going to talk about a game that has hit both um, PS4 and Xbox, and it's also available on PC. One of the hottest competitive games right now just debuted a new um, esports league. That's right. I'm talking about Overwatch. Um, the Overwatch League uh, debuted. It was kind of an official Blizzard-partnered um, league with, uh, I think there's about a 10 teams or something like that. There's, there's a good handful of different teams. And... Uh, the teams have their own skins in the game, which is really cool. Overwatch just did a new content update today with tons of new epic and legendary skins. There's a new map called Blizzard World that is basically a theme park based off of Hearthstone and Diablo and Warcraft and all these se- uh, series. And so um, that's really cool. And that is basically kicking off Overwatch League, which its opening weekend last week um, had 10 million viewers. Um, so that was in just, you know, what, three days, 10 million different people tuned in to watch Overwatch uh, being played in this new esports, and the average audience um, that was tweeted out was about four hundred and three thousand viewers per minute. So, like, that's pretty insane. Throughout the entire thing, there was at least four hundred people watching and ten million different viewers throughout the whole weekend. So, I mean, what do you guys think about this? I think this is kind of crazy that for a debut for an esport that it's already this popular. I mean, I'm not really surprised. It's Overwatch. A lot of people really love the game and really think it's a deserve to be in this type of spot i mean overwatch league is kind of a long overdue thing we should have gotten one like almost a year ago yeah um i'm a little i haven't actually researched this at all is overwatch league does it like have tournaments like every month or every weekend or how's it how does it actually work um that's a good question I, i'm not sure know? how often the tournaments not, work not but entirely I, sure i do know that there's different tournaments and the different teams participate in the different tournaments and it it goes throughout like a a league with different certain, rankings and stuff. Is it like is there like a certain set period of time, like a season where a team like Well, yeah, I would assume that based off of some of the other E League uh sports out there, StarCraft two, um uh Dota, a lot of them and League of Legends, a lot of them have uh seasons. Like you play games against each other and then there's a tournament near the end. So I don't know what Overwatches look like, but I would assume it would be something similar to that. Yeah, I mean, you know, Overwatch has been an eSport for a while, uh, but this is the first time they're starting an official league. Like, they have, like, a, yeah. a little logo that looks like the uh, like the MLB logo, kind of. And so I think the way it works is they do, like, weekly matches, kind of like, you know, like the NBA or the 
uh, MLB yeah. or something. NFL so like or something like every that, day. Yeah. yeah. So for this week, like there will be three games on Tuesday and basically they just go back to back to back. I think it's about two hours per like uh matchup. Um, yeah. And so probably streamed on ESPN three or something. Yeah. Like that. And then every, every day that there's games, they just play, you know, three games in a row. So pretty much throughout the entire week, if you want, you can turn it on and watch uh, the official Overwatch League and watch your favorite teams play just like you would if you got home and turned on the NBA or, you know, some some other yeah. sport league that you like watching. So well, it's um, kind of cool. The other day cool. I was following uh, ESPN's Instagram page and they actually show, shot out a picture of eSport like highlights and stuff from mm-hmm. Overwatch League. I nice. was like, what? ESPN just highlighted Overwatch? That's, what that's world pretty are cool. we in now? Yeah. That's pretty cool because I know for me, like as a kind of more traditional sports fan, I've found it hard to watch like anything esports related because I feel like there's always like different tournaments and I don't know like which tournaments are more important and stuff like that. So having something consistent with a consistent season makes it a little bit easier to watch Mm -hmm. if you are more of a kind of normal sports fan coming over. So I think it makes it a little bit easier for people to understand what's going on. Unlike unlike fighting games where there's just like tournament after tournament, this is more the league where it's regular matches being played. Uh, every single week, you know, throughout a, a set period of time, so keeps you invested, I, I think, a little yep. bit more. Um, so yeah, I know there's a, there is a little controversy involving the Overwatch League because there's only male teams at this point. But yeah, I mean that I think that's kind of a problem in a lot of esports, just in whole. It's true. It's true. I think yeah. when you get into an official team thing, I think it's hard for a team to say we're going to put. <laughs> a girl on ours and have a whole different separate housing thing and all these different things. And I'm not defending it. Like I think it's definitely weird, but I think until they basically have their Jackie Robson type character where the first team finally signs a girl, like it's, it's, we're not going to really see a ton of girls just out of nowhere pop in. Like it's going to be kind of one at a time until that finally Uh, first one happens. I think, I think what we might see is maybe a, yeah, we might see an all girls team come out and try and compete in the level and, because I mean, there are some really good female Overwatch players out there. They're really awesome to watch yeah, if you no, ever watch sure. some of their matches and stuff. And so it'd be cool to see some of them step into that and really just step up to the plate. But for now, yeah, this is what we got, and be, it's exciting to see that it is a league now. Yeah, I, I'm kind of interested now on like how they decided on these teams. <laughs> like, was yeah, there true. some sort of draft? Did they just have like a bunch of sponsors come in and like? recruit people and they just kind of made their own teams based on what they wanted did like blizzard put the teams together like i want to i'm kind of interested now to see how that how that got sorted out but anyways let us know have you have you been watching overwatch league players yeah have you guys been watching overwatch league and uh do you think it um is going to be successful and stay around it seems like it's started off with a bang so um (laughs) next news we have um we're talking a little bit about we happy few um rob i'll go ahead and let you uh spill the bad news on this one all right, so uh, this is a Kickstarter project from the guys who created the uh, Bioshock games, and, and they're super cool guys. They're making this game called We Happy Few. It's got, like, 60s British vibes with, you know, like, there's a drug that keeps people ever kind of everyone in kind of, like, a suspended happiness, and when the drug wears off, you realize how bleak and reality really is. Um and this game was originally slated to come out April of this year, and it looks like it just got delayed. They made a nice little video announcement and kind of talked about some of the characters and some of the different things in the game. I watched part of the video. Um, the, they're doing a really cool thing. They said, basically, we just need a little bit more time to wrap it up and make sure that everything is all good. So it got delayed to summer of 2018. So it's only like a few months, but still, 
Here's hoping it comes out this year. Yeah, I mean, it's a game that's been around for a while, like you said. Um, been on Kickstarter and stuff, so people have really been looking forward to this. And, mm-hmm. you know, if it just is summer and it's not a specific month, it could be delayed again and or it could, you know, be late summer going into fall. So, um, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, are, you, are either of you guys interested in playing this game? Um, yeah, I think it looks cool. It's uh, it's in early access now, right now, right, on Steam and on Xbox? Yeah, yeah, you can get it on early access on Steam and Xbox. But the like the story portion of the game isn't done yet. It's just kind of like a. It's like an opening world area. You get your your character, and you gotta try and escape this island area. And I'm not entirely sure, you know, how much further into the game it lets you go beyond that. But it is kind of just the opening area. It doesn't yeah, get too almost far. Almost kind of like a story. demo. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I think I think the basic premise and the story sounds pretty interesting. It sounds cool, but like, I think the majority of people who are gonna buy this game, at least uh, at launch, are you know, those big Bioshock fans that have been wanting a new Bioshock mm-hmm. game and really like that series. And um, I never really got into the Bioshock games. I tried the first oh, one yeah. for a while. Couldn't really get into it and, you know, skip the skip the other two. So um, I love the Bioshock series. I mean, as far as Bioshock 1 was super great, but Bioshock Infinite was probably one of my favorites. Um, mm-hmm. Bioshock 2 was okay. It was not the best, but Bioshock Infinite was really good. If you ever get a chance, Jeff, try and play that one. That one's super fun, and it's got a cool plot and story and twists and everything. It's really fun. I've, yeah, and, I've heard heard good things, and I think it sounds like I would like that one more than than I than I had uh, with the first one, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, uh, moving on, we have uh, some Xbox news for you guys. We talked a little bit about how we don't talk about Xbox a ton of the show. We're going to fix that here this week. Uh Let's go ahead and start off with the big news right away. Um, Xbox has this uh, program called Game Pass, if you didn't know, and it's basically a games game that uh, or a service that you can download games onto your system. Um, and there's a revolving library similar to Netflix that you can download the titles and play them, and it's ten dollars a month. And um, basically, Game Pass has been this cool way that you can play t- lots of different games. A lot of the games are like 360 games, but there's a lot of Xbox yeah. One titles and um, a lot of like older games that have come on Xbox One are on there, but Microsoft um, announced today in kind of a huge, uh, huge announcement that all of the new exclusive Microsoft titles um, going forward are going to launch on Game Pass uh, on day one. So Sea of Thieves, starting same with, day they launch. Yeah, starting with Sea of Thieves. Yeah, Sea of Thieves, and I think Stay of Decay two. They announced are the first two that this is happening, and. Day one, when Sea of Thieves is coming out, instead of going to the store and spending you know, 60 bucks to buy the game physically or to download it on your Xbox, you can spend just $10 and play it right away on your Xbox for an entire month. And, you know, as long as you keep the service, you can keep on playing it. But, I mean, the fact that you can play, you know, the most exclusive, most anticipated games that are coming to Xbox for just $10 a month I think is just a crazy value when you think of even just like oh, yeah. renting a game, well, you know, well, like... and also like the other kind of renting services like Gamefly, you can also purchase the game at a discount, right? Yeah. I mean, like, de- I, they definitely I, do I, that. I saw that, that, you know, you can buy the new, like, so you can play see if these pay 10 bucks a month for it for like the first month or two and then buy it for a discounted price because you, yeah, you're already you know, paying for this I think... and then you get to keep it forever and you bought it for a discount. I think that's the hope, right? They want you to hook you in there, get you to like a game, and then, oh, you know, it's on sale. I'll permanently add it to my collection for when, you know, I stop using Game Pass. Um, 
But I think the real big thing in this is I think they're going to start pushing more games as a service, right? You know, let's say theoretically yeah. a, a game, Microsoft puts out an Overwatch type game or they online multiplayer shooter with lots of updated content and loot boxes and DLC packs, things they want you to buy. Um, they put this game on Game Pass. Everyone's going to jump in and play it because they already have the Game Pass. And then they're pouring more money in, into the game by buying the loot boxes and downloading the DLCs and stuff like that. So I think if this is super successful, this could maybe kind of impact um, the type of big first-party games that happen. You mean, you look at Sony. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I mean, you look at what Sony's doing. Mm-hmm. They're doubling down on big first-person story games. And a lot of them don't even really have DLC or, like, loot boxes. Like, God of War, that has none of that. But, like, if this is a huge success and games like God of War are going to start coming onto a service like this, like, are we going to see the way these games are developed change? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think Microsoft obviously wants you kind of in their ecosystem. And I, I'm really curious how much of this was, you know, Phil Spencer, the head of Xbox, saying we want to do this kind of as a great thing for our gamers and get people back into the Xbox brand. Um, and I wonder yeah. if any of this comes down actually from Microsoft um, itself because they want people kind of, hey, if you're in our Microsoft circle, then and if you have this, you'll be more likely to be more engaged with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe you'll be more likely to buy more other Microsoft products as well and stuff like that. So it's all keep the Xbox ecosystem value <laughs> as well, which is which is really nice. Yeah. yeah sorry, Nathan mm-hmm. joined us on Skype. Cut out a little bit there, but I think overall you were just saying well, that, sorry about that they want you to... <laughs> To, to really stay inside the Microsoft circle and you know yeah. keep keep involved. I, I think it's hard, you know, when they don't have as many big first party games like you know Nintendo and Sony does. But mm-hmm. if they can keep you in there for a game like Sea of Thieves, that will probably be a, a game that gets a lot of support. I'm guessing and updates and it's multiplayer. Then you know it could keep you in there uh, for sure. Yeah, it, it definitely is a good move by Xbox, and I think you hit it on the nail on the head there by saying this might be kind of the the way of the future and we were talking about this earlier you know what will physical copies of games look like in you know a few years down the road will we actually be able to buy physical copies of games or will they all be stream service digital will you just get you know the next generation of consoles will they even have cartridge or disc slots i don't think it's like that insane to say that the next gaming system that Microsoft shifts or ships um, is just you know basically a downloadable box or a streaming box that just is like a game mm-hmm. a game pass system where you're just all right buy the system it's cheap or whatever and you just pay ten dollars a month service and you can play these rotation of games we have new games coming and there's lots of old games on there as well so well and um, you'll probably have a have, like Xbox Live and um, PlayStation Network you know the stores on both of those they have a pretty good market and uh, a lot of games already on there so you can already purchase a lot of games and just yeah. download them onto your console delete them from your console re-download them as long as you know you bought them so it's yours forever and so i think we're going to see a lot of that just you know consoles that not only have you know like game passes and stuff but also have just tons of memory that you can just download as many games you know download a couple of games and get you know play them for a while delete them from your game system, re-download them later another time, you know, that kind of service instead of, you know, having a collection of discs on a shelf. I think we will see one more round of consoles with some kind of 
whether it be a disk drive or whatever it is, a way yeah. to have physical games. I think there will be one more generation of that before we go completely digital. I hope so. Pa- I love collecting games. Just because Microsoft had such a big backlash when they announced Xbox One last time, and even though like ninety, probably ninety-five percent of people who have an Xbox One have it hooked up to the internet and are always connected, um, etc., there's still that those hardcore people who want to be able to have the right to not only own physical media, um, but own their actual games. Because when you buy a game digitally, you don't actually own the game. You just have a license to use that game versus mm-hmm. owning the game if you own a physical disc. And there's a bunch of people who are really concerned about that. So I think there'll be... Well, yeah, there's a, there's a big, uh, there's a big uh, debate out there about Steam. Because um, computers basically have been, you know, stepped away from discs for... Five years already. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, while, know, yeah. at least at least five years, if not ten. Um, and you know, the last time you bought a AAA game on computer, you probably. I mean, you guys don't really buy games on computer, but the last, you know, most people who buy games on computer when they buy a AAA game, it's through services like uh, UPlay, EA, Origin, and um, obviously the big one, Steam. Um, but those, like you said, Nathan, those are all digital codes. So is there this reality that, you know, Steam Valve shuts down and Steam closes, will you lose hundreds and hundreds of dollars of games? Yeah, yeah. and the companies reserve the right to be able to basically say, like, if something happens, I can't take the these game yeah, rights can, away from you. And there's nothing it. you can do about it. Like, you can't sue them and be like, I paid $1,000 for all of these games combined. I um, think I think technically, like they're licensed to just you and so like theoretically even though you can at your house you're not supposed to allow like anyone else to be able to really play it and like theoretically when you like die or something like i don't think you have rights to the games anymore and they're supposed to kind of pass them on to your children yeah exactly and for like (laughs) me like if i have all my nintendo n64 cartridges still there like i can my friends borrow them i can give them to my kids someday like i can still have those like i still have my dad's nes games and stuff like that which is I think kind of a cool thing about physical media that I will I will miss when when it goes mm-hmm. goes away it goes the way of the Dreamcast and uh, you know it's not mm-hmm. around anymore. But overall, I you think, know, I think Game Pass yeah. is great. Um, one thing I do want to point out that Game Pass does that is very smart um, is you don't stream the games. It is not a streaming service. You download the game straight to your device. And while that can kind of be a bummer, since you know, like, oh, I have to download this game before I play it type thing. Um, you can take those games anywhere with you. You can you know, take your Xbox out on a camping trip, hook it up to a crappy TV, and you can play them. Um, you don't have to be connected to the internet to play those games you have on Game Pass as long as you are subscribed to it. You can download and play them. Um, PlayStation has the PS Now service, which is ridiculously overpriced at $20 since it's mostly old PS3 games. And that is a streaming service, and so like, if you don't have amazing internet, and even if you do, you'll get drops in the quality. Like yeah. it, It'll look sketchy, like 240p almost, while you're playing like an old ps4 or ps3 game and it's like uh like it's it's not perfect i guess is what i'm saying mm-hmm. but. yeah and you have to have like very fast internet for that to be able to even work in the first place like the streaming a game is so much takes so much more bandwidth than streaming like netflix or video content yeah. or something like that yeah. so there's it actually is- a service i saw the other day um just speaking of ser- uh, streaming and all uh, there's a service coming to america it's been in existence in europe for the last few years and it's going to start in California and start spreading across America, but it's virtual computer. Um, essentially, you can you don't even, you can do it from any computer as long as you have a certain amount of internet speed, and they basically have a virtual computer for you, and you pay a certain monthly fee, and that computer can have 
graphic cards up to enough to play games like Witcher <laughs> 3, even if you're using, like, your Surface, you can play, you can store as many games as you want, you can run your Steam library and Origins and all this stuff, and basically, literally, you have a virtual computer that's, they upgrade and update for you, and so it's as fast as you need it to be, and kind of like that cloud-style cool. <laughs> gaming. I, was, I saw that the other day, and I was like, whoa, that's crazy to think that that could be what's coming next as well. Yeah, well, yeah. I know that's uh, there's a there's a app that a team called Rainway is making, and they're basically yeah. claiming that this is basically a streaming service that you can pull up basically any device, whether it's a mobile phone, like the Switch, anything that has a browser, and you can basically run this Rainway online like cloud ser- service app and play your games wherever you are, like on any device, like so you can play your mm-hmm. Steam library wherever you can play Overwatch um, on your Switch or on your on your iPhone when you're at Starbucks or something. So if that technology works really, really well and it's successful, I think that would be really, really cool. And I think that is very consumer-friendly to be able to oh, yeah. play your games wherever. And with how successful the Switch is, I mean, there's obviously people want to be able to play their games wherever they are. So I think... Yeah, I think yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Do you guys, um, do you guys want... Uh, game pass like nintendo game pass or sony game pass for the other uh the other two let's stick to the other two console makers for now okay um, um i think nintendo is already kind of promised that to a certain extent with some of their virtual console just having cheap games and stuff like that it's not like a monthly fee that you pay for it but they have kind of promised something to that extent and i think it would be really cool because nintendo already has such an incredible back log of games and everything that to have that access to that for like 10 bucks a month or you know probably more like 20 bucks a month would still be really reasonable well i think i think the thing with nintendo is they don't need to put their new first party games and nintendo wouldn't do that because they value their first no. party games way too much but they uh, do that for the, if they did games. if they did like a legit virtual console service where you know you had over 100 rotating classic games um, available to stream or download on like your switch. Like I would be, you know, I think some of you would be all over that because they have such that rich library of super Nintendo and 64, like GameCube, Wii, Wii U, NES, you have all the handheld games you could also put on there too. Like there's so many great games that could come out of that while Xbox game pass and PlayStation. Now it's like, okay, like there's some old PS3 and 360 games, mostly then a couple of games from this gen that you probably already played. So like, (laughs) I think, that library is if it was virtual console would be um, amazing. And that would be really fun to dink around in some of those old um, fun games. You remember playing as a kid, even if it was only, you know, yeah. minutes. So, and I think Sony already has such a, a different marketing style of, they plan to have games come out and they want it to be a big deal and they want it to be exclusive. And they don't want to have you like paying 10 bucks to get at it right at the gate. They want the full price for it as well as their backlog of games. I mean, like, what is it? Like, every few months we hear of a new game being remastered or put into a collection or something yeah. for Sony. I <laughs> mean, true. they, they do basically, a lot of remasters. like, there's no, there's no sacred ground to continue a game pass in PlayStation right now. Yeah, yeah. Something I just thought of, too, is uh, we've been talking, I think, like, the last couple of years, Xbox and PC have basically been the exact same because they've been releasing all their Xbox games on PC mm-hmm. as well. Is yeah. Game Pass only on Xbox? So, like, is that a reason to get an Xbox? Then, do you guys think? Because you couldn't get it on PC. Um, well, I think it definitely. I think 
it's definitely an added value, and I think a lot of even Xboxes ship with like a free month of Game Pass or something, yeah. so you can yeah. try out the service, which is great. Mm-hmm. But um, like I said, I don't think this is going to sell systems. I think what's going to sell systems is your your friends, like the ecosystem that you play in. Like if my friends are all on Xbox, like I would probably buy an Xbox to play with them, but I don't yeah. have a ton of friends on Xbox. And then number two, like the games, like there's not a ton of games on Xbox that. I really want to play that I can't play elsewhere. And so I think they still have that problem, but this is great for anyone who does own an Xbox. Like, I think that's really great that they're doing this crazy, like really, really good value for the people who have supported them and bought in the the Xbox one. And I think, I think this is also Microsoft gearing up for whenever the next generation of consoles is just trying to make that ecosystem even friendlier and even better. So that when we get to PS five and, whatever the next xbox is microsoft can be like hey look at all these things here's a reason to jump back to us from sony the xbox zero uh, i was gonna say like the xbox (laughs) 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 3.60 yeah that that wouldn't confuse uh confuse any of the grandmas buying xbox 360s for their kids for christmas still i didn't see the, the the decimal point um but one game that may be adding Xbox Game Pass in the next year or two, hopefully, is um, a new Fable game. Supposedly, a new Woo-hoo. Fable game is in development by Playground Games. Uh, that's the team behind Forza, right, Rob? Yeah, and it sounds like, I mean, Microsoft has already stated that they're doing a lot. They really want to manage the Fable series well, which, I mean... By shutting well, down Lionhead, the creator. Which shutting down Lionhead <laughs> and releasing, what is it, Fable Journey, Journeys and, like, Connect stuff. And, yeah, I mean, they've butchered the series. But hopefully, um, the Playground Games has hired, like, two. they have 200 job openings that they were putting out there and hiring people from wow. who've worked on, like you know destiny and other games that are just like huge in the market they hired a uh, they hired a big horizon lead recently i think i heard yeah yeah and so basically well, they're good. bringing in they're bringing in all these guys who are just like really incredible like rpg yeah you know up and coming in the game world know a lot about how new games look and act and feel so I'm still nervous that a company as best known for car games is developing an RPG, but well, I mean... and I think I think an important note to make is that uh, Playground they have been planning on doing this. Like I think the news came out about a year ago that they were staffing up to make a completely new, basically part of their studio that wasn't working on. They make the Forza Horizon game, which is the open world version of Forza, mm-hmm. um, and. The news came out they were staffing it to make a completely different kind of game. It was going to be some kind of open world type action game. And then we just got this news that I guess it's going to be Fable now. So they've been quietly putting stuff together for the last year. And obviously, like we talked about, they're hiring the right people who have experience in making Mm -hmm. and creating these huge, giant open worlds. So, Do you you think we're going to see a Fable announcement at E3 this year? That'll be the the big Microsoft announcement? Announce it at E3, release it in 2019. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think because of the like Eurogamer leak that's happened, we have a much better shot of ha- having like a teaser or something for this game. Yeah. Um, but I do think this game is still probably at least next year, if not further away. Oh, yeah, this definitely is not coming out. If we're just getting the rumors that they could be developing a new Fable game at this point, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, still. it's only January of 2018, but you're saying that if they're even, you know, a third of the way through the development process already, you're looking at releasing it mid-2019. Hey, at their, they get Danny yeah. Elfman back to do the music, I'll, uh, I'll be interested. 
<laughs> what what would you guys want to see in a new fable game i know you didn't play it as much nathan but jeff and i both did play quite a bit of fable um i want a beautiful game and a beautiful so i want the environments to look you know similar to what we've been seeing in recent open world games like with horizon mm-hmm. and uncharted 4 and stuff um so i want really nice environments uh, that looks unique to the Fable world in that art style. Mm. But I want a beautiful story as well that doesn't suck because the story got worse with each Fable game, and it was really sad to, to me as a player because each time I played the next game, I'm like, oh, that wasn't as good as the first one. Like, oh, man, that story wasn't even as good as the second one. Like, <laughs> It kept getting worse. And so, I mean, this seems like the right move, you know, bring in a new team, um, yeah. hire, hire the right people. Give it a, a nice shakeup. I'm okay if they leave a lot of the things that made that series uh, what it like was. Like you want a back. Fable reboot? Yeah, I basically want a reboot where they rethink mm. some of the mechanics and then hire a writer that does a really, really good um, you know, story that's grounded but has that those fantasy elements and that legend and hero, you know, coming of age story as well. So Yeah. yeah I- I've been thinking about it also because I agree. As the game series went on, I never got around to playing three as much as I probably would have liked. Um, but I, it's on my backlog of lists of games to play this year. That's in our uh, goals <laughs> and all. But um, it's, I think the biggest problem was it went from this dark kind of nitty gritty fantasy world full of magic and weird creatures and full of an intriguing story that, you know, captured our attention and kind of the, the simple British humor to full on straight up Monty Python humor. Mm-hmm. And I think taking a step back towards the more nitty gritty style and feel and morality system would be a way better approach. And that's kind of what I want to see in this game. I want it to go back to its roots. I want it, like you said, Jeff, kind of going back, you know, to how it started, you know, where they began, almost a reboot, but Mm -hmm. more just kind of going back to the beginning, that darker, grittier fable that we all fell in love with the first time around and then kind of got monty python to death as the series went on <laughs> i i want actually the opposite of that i want it to be lighter and kind of funny and lighthearted. like i feel like the british take on that is very uniquely a thing about fable that i really appreciate and obviously playground is also located in britain so i don't want it to be super dark i want it to be kind of light and there can be some dark elements of course but i don't want it to be like anything like god of war or something yeah, like that well, where it's well they have to have something serious. they have to have something new in it because like when the first fable came out it was really groundbreaking for all mm-hmm. the morality yeah. choices and like the story choices you can make and so like that's you know in every game nowadays and so they have to really kind of rethink that and a lot of other mechanics that <laughs> really made fable unique back then but not so much anymore yeah exactly like the last fable 3 came out before skyrim and before witcher 3 and yeah. before breath of the wild and all these games that have come out and kind of iterated and changed the formula yeah. since then and yeah <laughs> when you think back at those games at first you think they're open world but when you really think more about it you're like eh, it was just a bunch of you know small segments of land connected and you were just going to point a and point b in different area so it wasn't really a true open world like something like breath of the wild or even skyrim or witcher was really so i'd love to see them really get a full huge world for you to explore mm. and do stuff and i really want you know the customization that they had throughout the series was very unique because you know most games allow you to recreate your character at the very beginning of the game but these games allowed you to recreate your character as the game went on yeah and i think that customization has to be there has it's so important 
know, because I mean, this is a series that's kind of trying to define yeah. itself from games I, I like most RPGs. Skyrim and stuff. Customization yeah. and uh, skill choice and skill trees, all that's very important, of course. Um, all right, well, we are going to move on to our Sony news. Uh, today, Sony dropped a new trailer for God of War. We tweeted it out earlier, and uh, they gave us a release date. God of War is indeed coming very soon, less than three months. That's right, God of War is coming to you high as a kite on 420. Hashtag. Uh, <laughs> you had but, to go there. <laughs> but no, I, I think this is great. I mean, they kept saying early 2018, early 2018, there was rumors that would be coming out around this time, and so... I think it's great that we finally have that confirmation in the game. What did we it's we talked about this in our, our predictions? We talked about it last week. What, yeah. did, what did we say? When did we say it was going to try and come out? Like, I think we said like March or April, like of round. Yeah, yeah we I said March or April close. or May. You know, so we're right in that area. So I, this is pretty cool that they dropped it, and they also dropped a new trailer with it. They kind of gave us a better hint of what the story is about. It actually looks oh my like gosh. we're going to get a God of War There's with a good story. A story, like yeah. <laughs> I was watching this. And I mean, I know they've been trying to kind of push the story and stuff like that, but I didn't realize how kind of in depth they're going with the story mm-hmm. um, until watching that story trail and being like, oh my gosh, they're really going in depth with like different cutscenes. Well, I guess you won't see cutscenes, but however, they're going to do it with the um, camera and everything yeah. like that. And yeah, it's really all I care about so Kratos and his son. I think it's, it's, it's pretty compelling right out the gate. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I got the new Game Informer magazine that had a big, you know, article and de- developer interviews with um, the God of War team, and I think that article kind of almost like sold me on this game. That and just you know seeing how great it looked, like in 4K. Like I watched the trailer on my TV. I'm like, <laughs> I have to get this game and see how good it looks. But um, they they talked about how they brought back the director for this game is the director from God of War Two, and you may think like, oh, why would they bring a director back? You know, when they wanted a new director, but. The first three God of Wars all had different directors because they wanted each one to do kind of a different take. And sure, they were had slight differences, but they still felt very much the same. Kratos was this big anger guy who just went and killed everyone. And so this is With very anger. much... Yeah, this is very much removed of that, though. Like, this isn't just Kratos wanting to kill people. Like, that's not... Like, they're pretty much re- doing a gr- great reboot from there. And that's not the point. And that's, you know, kind of the new story trailer showed. You know, Kratos is still like a god and is kid is i think maybe some sort of demigod but he doesn't like know that god. Yeah, yeah, yeah he doesn't know that kratos is that and it looks like you know it's almost kind of a coming of age for for your son as well but um the combat just looks really cool because they took away what made kratos you know so famous his signature weapon you know the dual chain blades where he whips them around like crazy and does the crazy yeah. combos like all that's gone and it's very very close up um combat and most of the combat is actually with um your hands like it's fist fist to fist and your axe basically you throw it like uh thor's hammer and so you basically throw it and chuck it and and then when you push a button again it'll just call right back to you and like smack any enemies on the way back and um a lot of the combos you can only do if your hands are free and so you're really mixing up um your combat with the hammer and the hand-to-hand combat and then you can command your son as well they have a whole button dedicated to controlling him and having him, you know, shoot arrows, but also um, having him be more aggressive or, let, uh, you know, not as aggressive. And I don't know, it just seems like they've really thought a lot about all the mechanics in this game and how to really make it a lot different and have a more meaningful story while still having those big set pieces and, you know, cool 
Norse uh, mythology and stuff. So I don't know. I'm I'm really excited for this game. It's yeah, it's looking yeah, it's I think, shaping up really good. It looks really interesting. I think it's really cool how. And they could have very easily done like a full reboot and been like, this is a different Kratos and stuff like that. But keeping him as the same Kratos in those first three games, um, like there's a moment in the story trailer from that dropped today that where Kratos is like, you don't tells his son, like, you don't know there's always consequences when you kill a god. And so he has memories and he mm-hmm. and it seems like they're going to work those things from the past in an interesting ways. Yeah, and it I seems think like there's a really lot of regret. Well. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a cool moment because then the kid comes back and it was like, like, how do you know? And yeah. he was like, as us as audience were sitting here going, because it's Kratos and he's killed literally all of the Greek pantheon. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they even have that subtle moment moment in the trailer right after that where he looks down at like his hands and you know, on his wrist he has these big bandage bindings and it's reminding you that oh that's where you know he wrapped his chain blades around his arms and went crazy and you know that was like a former part of his life and he doesn't have that anymore and he's more you know uh, uh changed his combat style and he has a whole new way of life and you know just looking at the age in his in his face and the beard and everything you can just tell he's maybe grown up a little bit a little bit wiser and trying to to pass that on to his son which kratos in the first three games was not responsible at all so just to see that that character uh that character arc really grow and change i think is just awesome so um yeah. Definitely really Do you guys cool. think you will, uh, do you think, like, are you thinking about getting this either day one or, like, relatively soon after it comes out? Or do you think you'll wait for a while or you're not sure yet? I think I'm going to wait for a sale. I mean, surprise, surprise, Rob's going to Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, Breaking you know, I, I really want to play this game. I just don't yeah. think it, I'm going to, I'm going to wait just a little bit past sure. launch. Yeah. Just because I don't want to, I don't want to jump in on the hype train and get, you know, pay 60 bucks for what you know could be another yooka-laylee or mass effect andromeda <laughs> this, this will not this will not be that I, think we'll, I, think I was we'll... burned once <laughs> no but uh I, I think i have at least one foot in the hype train i think the second one's coming soon but uh um, obviously we'll, we'll have to have to wait and see i know mm-hmm. yeah. kirby and yeah. mario aces are coming around the same time so i I think it kind of comes down to, to pick what pick and choose. Where... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I know Kirby and Mario Aces are not going to go on sale anytime soon, while God of War probably will within a few months. So we, we will see. But I yeah, am looking forward to playing cool. it as soon as I can for sure. Mm-hmm. So, next news piece: Nintendo, the last of the big three, they announced a game that everyone predicted, and it was no surprise. That's right, Smash Bros. Is, wait, no, Smash Bros. is not coming. They did Dang not announce it. anything that anyone would ever predict. Nintendo announced Nintendo Labo. And that's right. Nintendo is selling cardboard to everyone. It's cardboard. For $70. How is this, like, like, they're, like, Nintendo are, is going to make so much money. This is crazy. Like I saw the preview for it like later the next day. Cause I didn't even. I saw you guys talking about it. I'm like, what the heck are they talking about? <laughs> I watched the trailer the next day. And I'm sitting here going like, this is what Nintendo is pitching, and then uh, you know, as I'm watching this, I'm like, "Oh, this is what Nintendo's pitching." How is this? They're, they're going all in with this, with this idea. I mean, I thought the announcement because they put out a press release saying, "Oh, you know, this is an announcement for kids and kids at heart." I'm like, "Okay, it's gonna be some type of new amiibo or like figurine thing that maybe replaces amiibo or amiibo 2.0." Instead, we have cardboard kits that come out. You buy a. Uh, the software and basically your software uses your physical hardware of your switch and your joy cons to 
control different cardboard contraptions and like if you haven't like done a piano anything, and a robot yeah, if you haven't like, done any of the research like this these kits are so intricate that like it uses an ir camera that's already on your joy con to like read different notes using reflective strips that are inside of a cardboard piano so you can actually play a piano that is just cardboard like it's not mechanical you don't build it with circuits or speakers or anything like everything is just like cardboard with your little switch controllers like special like rumble and ir cameras like it's just kind of blowing my mind that the fact that you can make these contraptions out of your little switch hardware and some cardboard like i don't know it's crazy you the engineering on it and how like i really want to know how they actually designed it because the creativity and outside of the box thinking it must have taken to like how many different ideas they went through Mm -hmm. to come up with this um and i i assume they must have had this idea before they launched the switch last year and yeah you know that's why they include maybe partially why they included so many different things in the joy cons and stuff Mm -hmm. um and they told us you know when the switch at that first january event like look how great these joy cons are they have the iron camera and all this and Outside of maybe like one, two switch, we haven't seen a ton of inflammation of things like the yeah. camera and even HD rumble is cool in certain games. Well, that was such it's... a huge thing with the, you could feel how many ice cubes were in the glass, you know, and yeah, they <laughs> really the different har- things. kind of harped on it. And because, um, the reason was because to buy a new pair of joy cons, they're really expensive. It's $80 to buy a set mm, of two yeah. for basically a new controller. Yeah. And so, the Nintendo kind of jacked up the price by putting all these different things in here. And now we're seeing, oh, this is why, because they had ideas to use these in really interesting and creative ways. Yeah. And I'm so just, I'm kind of waiting for, you know, cause we have all this cardboard and I'm waiting for the do it yourself. YouTube videos that are <laughs> inevitably coming of how to do this out of a pizza box. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the cool thing that Nintendo said that they're going to put out basically the designs for the cardboard. So like, you still have to buy the software. Like, you're going to have to buy the kit anyways. But, like, mm-hmm. let's say, you know, you have a child or a dog that inevitably will destroy this cardboard creation that you have made at some point. Um, if you have an Amazon box line, right, or a pizza box, like, you can go ahead and cut out, like, the stencil that Nintendo um, used and basically remake it with your own cardboard kit as well, which I think um, is a really, really neat um, concept. And I think... This is crazy. Gonna, yeah, we're just seeing, seeing the start of this. Like, we have a two two sets that are coming out on 420 with God of War. Um, sadly, there's no <laughs> like God of War like axe labo uh, or labo tie-in or anything. I think that'd be awesome. But uh, um, we have a basically a party accessory kit. I think it's called a ToyCon kit, and it has basically like five different smaller things, like the piano and the, I think a camera and other things you can make. And there's an $80 kit, which is the giant, like, Transformer, like, robot suit. <laughs> like, you make a giant robot suit out of cardboard, which is based off of that old Miyamoto Project Robot game <laughs> that he demoed for years for the Wii U. Oh, my gosh. You remember that game, Nathan, that he kept demoing? Yeah, it was a... Showing he, Nintendo Direct. He was really Directs. excited about it. Like, it was his new idea that he had been working on, and that game was delayed forever and i think they finally officially canceled the game last year mm-hmm. and we're like oh nothing but you know nintendo nothing's ever re- really ever gone forever they yeah. always reuse their old ideas so, so i mean i think it's it's crazy that you can make all these different things and you know we're only going to see new labo creations from here like i bet this is going to be something we're going to see at least you know 3 times a year we're going to see all right we have a new new line of labo dropping you know in the summer we have another one in the winter you know have a new new kit that all those collectors um 
speed up. So I don't know it's it's crazy. It's Nintendo. No one I ever expected it. It's totally yeah. that blue ocean strategy that you know no I other video game makers doing something like this. So mm-hmm. it's really exciting. It's really interesting. Um, I I am curious about the price point. Like I'm curious to see how well it sells and if it makes people because if you if they're trying to sell it to people who don't have a Switch already, like that then you add in the cost of buying a new switch that's like 380 dollars without tax just to to get this thing so we'll see how it goes but i think it's definitely it's not really it doesn't really float my boat it's not really like one of those type of things where i go oh labo i'm totally getting a switch for this but it is kind of a cool concept and i think it's definitely using some very unique creativity to to pitch to the audience that's already on the switch i will say and there's a there's more and more like kids getting switches and wanting switches like jeff i know you're you're a teacher and you said a bunch of your kids got switches for christmas i know a couple different kids who either have a switch or like that's their number one thing they want is the nintendo switch Uh um and so as this gets into more and more kids hands this is the perfect um compliment for that yeah i see kids all around my school like with switches nowadays and like i have former students come up and talk to me about the switch because they like know like nintendo and stuff like that a student giving me like tips and cheats and like stardew valley then he's like already on year three i'm like what what is going on here like this is crazy how many kids i like, got to switch and put so much time into it and i kind of showed like this labo concept uh to some of my students just kind of you know do like oh you know where, where are you guys on the thermometer do you think this is hot do you think it's cool like what do you guys think and all of them just were like this is the coolest thing i've ever seen you can make your own house and it, it actually does this and oh my goodness and like almost every kid that I had was just like stoked out of their minds for this thing. And so I think this is going to be something that when those kids who already own switch walk in you know, to the toy store and stuff, and they see that, that Labo mm-hmm. kit box there sitting next to all the little tiny switch games, like that's what they're going to be pointing at. That's what they, they're going to want, you know, their parents yeah. to get them and come holiday season. Like these things are going to be flying off the shelves, I think. So, yeah. Well, and probably cool. by then they'll have so many extra kits as well that will just, you know, some new kits that they've put out and they'll probably have kind of, they're going to milk this one for a while. Yeah, well, it, it's that whole STEM thing that's huge in education and parenting and stuff now with the science, technology, engineering, and all that. And so, like, there's so many kits like this that are already so expensive. And, you know, compared to something like Lego, where you buy a kid a Lego kit that he can build in an hour or two, like, that costs, you know, at least $60. Like, these type of things are expensive but they're very very popular and in right now so nintendo i think is cashing in on the right time on that kind of that big stem craze that's going on so i don't know let us know you guys um any of you listeners parents do you think that uh, your children would be interested in one of these are you uh interested in it for yourself i currently have one pre-ordered for myself because i'm interested in just the educational purposes of this like i said like i think it's got some really cool science and technology that would be really are you gonna like kids. take it into your classroom and everything yeah so that's that's what i'm thinking i'm gonna test out some of it with my with my students possibly and then look into maybe doing like an after school uh club program at my school where we build a bunch of kits with lots of different kids in like a club so um, i'm excited to possibly bring nintendo into an educational environment because i think this could totally totally be that so well we'll mm. have to wait and see but i'm excited for that potential um great so i think we'll just probably end the show now talking about what we've been playing uh we uh well i know rob you've had a busy week uh <laughs> but i, I yeah. don't mean nathan had been pl- playing a, a couple different games and 
I actually lent Nathan my copy of Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, and I'm Ooh. really interested to uh, to hear what you think so far, Nathan. So, um, what have, what have you been enjoying about the game? Uh, so, I initially when this game came out, like I when the announcement came and there was rumors and everything like that, like people were very like, oh, this game looks so stupid. It looks kind of silly, and like no one likes the Rabbids. Yes, because of their <laughs> crude, stupid humor. I kind of was like, oh, I think that part looks kind of funny. Like, I'd be interested in this game. And when I found out it was <laughs> a strategy. That says something about your humor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But when I found out it was a strategy game, I was like, oh, I'm not really a big fan of strategy games. Like, I'm not very good at them. It's hard. I just don't really enjoy them. And so I've been playing this game. I have, I've put about two hours into it so far, I think. Okay. And I just beat the kind of the first boss that you fight. Um, it's like a piranha plant thing. Yeah, the first mid boss. Whatever. The first world. Yeah, the oh, first yeah. mid boss. Um, and I've really, really been enjoying it. Granted, it's like it's been pretty easy so far. I haven't lost any battles yet, but just the creativity and the different ways you can use your um, your team of three to both strategize and kind of combine them in interesting ways to have different strategies is really cool and i'm not even like i said i'm not very far into the game so i'm sure there's even many more mm-hmm. things i'll unlock um going in the future as i unlock more characters yeah. but the um the other thing is the presentation in this game is amazing mm-hmm. um i know it's they use nintendo characters but it's a ubisoft game and the just like ubisoft the game opens made with like, like a all five the character models and everything <laughs> that looks like it's yeah it looks like like a cg movie like the opening cutscene and everything like that yeah and yeah the production quality on it is just amazing so and it's really fun because it's a game where you can be like oh i have like 20 minutes i'm just gonna like i played like a battle before i went to work this morning in like 15 20 minutes or something like that so it's a game that's easy very perfect for the switch where it's easy to pick up and play a little bit and then be like okay i can put this down i have something else to do so i've really been enjoying it awesome that's so great we'll have to play some uh some co-op uh missions uh sometime or maybe maybe the new versus mode they added in um yeah i mean i think you kind of hit up but like it's really easy to pick up and play which i think a lot of strategy games kind of struggle with you know you think of like Fire Emblem or, you know, XCOM or something like those feel like very serious because you have to really sit down and like, you know, put a lot of brain power into really planning out what you're doing and stuff. And, you know, Mario and Rabbids does have elements of that sometimes, but at the same time, the skill trees and everything, while they're very deep, they're all pretty um, accessible and easy to understand. And I like how it doesn't give you all eight characters at the beginning. Like you slowly kind of unlock the different characters as you play. So you get to really learn and master the characters one at a time as well so yeah exactly and it's also like i know in fire Emblem before i feel like if i lost a battle or if i had to restart a battle it could be like a 30 45 minute battle and i'm sure as you adventure on the the battles get longer in mario cross rabbits but at least at the beginning i'm like "Eh, i'll just try this and see if it works and if it doesn't work like i can always restart the battle and I haven't sunk yeah. or waste felt like I wasted a huge amount of time. Yeah, and it's it's not just battles either. Like there's the little in betweens where you yeah the exploration and explore too. The exploration isn't like very long. Like maybe it's two or three minutes in between each battle, but it's enough to where it kind of gives you a break and lets you do something new that kind of is like okay, I'm ready for the next yeah. battle. I'm ready. For the next <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they put some set pieces in the background too that are pretty pretty fun to look at too sometimes. So cool. Yeah. Well, I'm gl- glad you're liking it. Um, interested to hear what you think of the the real first boss of the first world the uh the the big the big man himself so uh okay uh, 
Anything else you've been playing? Yeah, uh, so I had two other games I wanted to quick shout out. Uh, Madden 17. Uh, I think the last time I talked about this game was I had lost my dad this summer <laughs> when I played it. You're playing as and, Tom Brady, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm here to tell you uh, the... I am so sorry. Uh, the uh, AFC and NFC Championship games were this last week, so I wanted to play Madden. And I started playing, and my wife is like, hey, let me play in you and that. She's like, never played Madden before. I'm like, okay. So she starts playing as Madden. I put her like on the easiest mode, and I go like kind of my normal pro or all pro mode. And she scores like two touchdowns. She ends up beating me by, I think, 14 points. And I'm like, the shame. I don't know. I play this game every time I play it. I just lose to people who have never played before. So it's crazy because you actually play this game quite a bit. It's not like you're unexperienced or you've never played this game before. You're just like, oh yeah, I don't play this game at all, and I'm really terrible at it. Anyways, no, you're actually decent yeah. at it. And you well, keep and losing. I haven't, I haven't played Madden in a long time. Like this is probably so rusty. Least, yeah, I'm, I'm a little rusty, but still, it was, it was quite funny. And I was, I was I'm sure she'll hold that one over you for a while. Yeah. Um, and the <laughs> other game I wanted to quick shout out the other day is uh, last night, my wife and myself and my brother who was visiting were playing Overcooked. And we got to, like, the final boss level of Overcooked. Ooh, nice. And it's, uh, it's quite challenging, especially, like, my brother who had played the game maybe, like, an hour or two or something like that. We were all three playing together, and we were not able to beat it because he kind of was like mess kept messing things up and stuff like Mm. that but the final level is really cool it kind of has you go through all the different recipes and stuff you've gone throughout the game and rotates the levels in interesting ways that's good good boss design it tests all your skills that you've learned uh, Mm. in the game so that's good to hear i i'm really close to getting there me and my wife actually were playing overcooked this last week as well and we i think are two levels away from the final boss we got to the the final ice world challenge with all the icebergs and like we just kept slipping off the edge and we like kind of rage quit so (laughs) well we'll be that we did that uh we did that last week so i i totally understand your pain you understand that yeah um so for me i've been like i said beginning of the show i've been playing shadow of war uh good good buddy uh of the show chris uh he uh, is lending it to me and i um am liking this game way more than i thought i would like at first, like, it felt almost exactly the same as the first one, like Shadow of Mordor. Like, it didn't feel like they had changed a lot. Yeah. But um, they actually changed a lot how the skill points and leveling up work. So you're constantly getting XP for doing different quests um, throughout the world. And every time you level up, you get a skill point, And then there's bonus skill points you can get by doing um, certain objectives. Um, like, there are certain quests and objectives you can do that basically shoot you into the past and you play as Celebrimbor, like the uh, the elven dark, bright lord. Um, you play as him when he, in his former life when he was like taking over like uh, Mordor. And so you play as like these flashback moments when you like just wreck people and then there's like different collectibles all over the map. Um, there's some really cool lore behind artifacts. And pretty much everything you're doing is slowly kind of upgrading different things. And um, the first game, whenever you killed basically, basically an and uh, orc captain, you got basically a modifier that you could put on either your blade or your knife um, or your your bow, and you could basically modify those three things with different perks. So like you could get something that made your stealth a little bit better, or did more range damage or something. But now, anytime you kill an orc, you literally get an entire new weapon. It's like a loot drop, and so mm-hmm. you're getting you know a rare, legendary, epic, 
uh, item that has a level, uh, does a certain amount of damage, and has its own set of perks. And if you collect armor sets, like any good you know RPG, you get like bonuses, and all the sets have very different looks. And so, like I've collected certain armor sets that haven't been you know my highest power, but I wear them because I think they look super cool, and it looks cool with this cape that I got too. So there is more customization, which I didn't uh, expect in that game, which is really really cool. But um, overall, the, the coolest thing about this game is the whole overhaul of the Nemesis system. Once you get about five hours into the game, you get into the second act, and um, basically, there's multiple regions all around the world. The original game had two different regions. This game, I've only unlocked three, but I know there's at least uh, five or six in the game so far. So, lots of different areas in the game, and it essentially is a giant fortress with a warlord at the top and you basically go around do different missions and every mission that you do slowly lowers the defense of that enemy fortress like if you take out a certain guy it'll decrease uh the wall's uh strength and if you do another one it'll, oh, it'll take away uh the cowgore like beast riders and basically you do all these things to get as weak as possible recruit your own army and then you do a full-on like castle storm like storming of the black gates where you go in charge the wall with a massive like orc army of hundreds of orcs you capture different command points like kind of like for honor style then you go in to the final room where there's a warlord and you have this epic showdown one-on-one with the guy and then all these other minions swarm you and there's giant like fire shooting out and like poison going everywhere and it's just it's so dramatic and over the top i just like love it and it gives you this really cool rush and so like epic feeling yeah you just get this epic feeling that you're like actually you know in the middle of this huge battle and it's not just you know your typical open world gameplay where you're wandering around stabbing a few guys how's the um i know one of the things is really hailed highly in shadow of war is the nemesis system and particularly in this newer game the shame system yeah the the way shaming works is uh basically when you go to dominate a captain um, I found this out actually, I think last night, cause I wasn't able to dominate certain captains and add them to my army. I wasn't sure why. And basically if a captain is a higher level than you, you cannot, um, capture them. And so if I'm only level 21 and I'm fighting, I'd be a level 22 and I try to add him to my army. I can't do that, but you can shame him, which literally has you like grabbing his face and like mutilating it which is disgusting (laughs) but then you like say some taunt to him and it decreases his level about three to five levels and then you can go find him and then you can add him to your army um that way so that's how shaming works and then you can also summon your bodyguards at any time so you can summon gondorian soldiers or you can summon like oh i really like this captain i got i gave him a lot of upgrades I can now push this button and he will come to my side immediately in any battle and help me fight other captains. And so um, really just the, the whole gameplay loop of going around and finding captains and doing different quests and continually upgrading your character. And there's different ways you can spec your character is um, just really, really fun and really addictive. And the story is completely non-canon and is its own weird dark take <laughs> on Tolkien lore. Um, it's really creepy. And Female, scene. human body. Yeah, she loves. you see a giant she love spider, and then all of a sudden it transforms into like this woman who's like walking towards you, trying to like seduce you and give you like visions, and you're just like, wait, what? Like time out here. But uh, but no, they, they Nathan, work it. They work it in a pretty interesting way. So Nathan, I know Nathan as is our uh, Lord of the Rings expert on the show, how do you how do you feel about this? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah. yeah, no, it's they actually do some pretty cool stuff with it where she has her own hidden agendas, but she can see into the future. And so your main character, Talion, who's, again, brilliantly voiced by Troy Baker. The voice acting is so good. Um, he uh, basically keeps coming back to her to get these visions so he can, okay, you just have this vision of this dude betraying Gondor. I'm going to go back to Gondor and make sure this doesn't happen. And then you do that and you come back and you another vision. She kind of is helping you that way. But at the same time, she probably has a secret agenda and will inevitably betray me, I'm guessing. But I uh, haven't gotten to that point yet. So, <laughs> is uh, I guess my one of my questions. I found like the first Shadow of Mordor game. I really enjoyed it, but I got to the point where I was trying to kill, go around and kill these different captains at mm-hmm. their fortresses, and I ended up just kind of stopping because I wasn't able to do it. Like there would be like 30 people that attack me, and I wasn't able to mm-hmm. get enough health to get in the right groove to be able to beat. Um, is the game like hard? Do you have you run into any point where you feel like the game um, well, overwhelms you with like, think, the number of enemies attacking you? I don't think that's as big of a problem. I think they fixed that by putting a lot more uh, uh, just kind of like destructible environments around. So like if you are in the middle of a thing and there's a big swarm of enemies, not only do you have some new moons moves, like you have if your might is full, you can shoot a mighty arrow at the ground, which will literally just floor every enemy within like a. 30 yard radius of you so there's moves like that and then there's also explosive barrels giant poisonous arrows and campfires that you can detonate scatter throughout camps so a lot of times if there's a bunch of guys i'm getting overwhelmed i'll just kind of retreat a little bit and then like detonate one of those things and lure people towards it and then you know jump back into the battle and then like i said you can summon your own bodyguard um with other soldiers at any time that you want and so if you are getting overwhelmed just summon that dude and he'll totally take on guys on his own and maybe even kill some captains and get some gear for you like it's um got that really cool element and i think since the leveling is a lot more uh well thought out that it's you don't run into that as much because if you are getting overwhelmed in certain areas you can go to a different area where the level the leveling is more uh the characters you're fighting are more your level so you can actually um beat them i guess Progress. that makes yeah. sense yeah because mm-hmm. I, okay. I tried taking a fortress last night I, I got this epic showdown and i'm like okay i'm totally gonna do this like I, I think i'm strong enough to do it but he was level 29 i was i think level 22 and i'm like i think i'll still be okay and like he would hit me like once or twice and just totally would like wreck me so like as long as you were within like two to three levels like you can definitely take out a captain but Anything higher than that, you kind of have to level up and do other stuff first. So, mm. and cool. the level up leveling is pretty generous. Like it, it doesn't oh, feel yeah. like a grind yet. Um, I heard end game can kind of be like that, but um, yeah, I mean, I think it's super solid. If you enjoyed the first one at all, like this is a excellent sequel in every every way of the of the game for the most part. And I haven't gotten it yet, but you can. There are drakes in the game, fire breathing dragons that come down in battles. I have killed two of them, but I have not ridden one yet. But you can ride these dragons around Mordor and shoot fire at people. So <laughs> I'm very excited what? for, for you, the time you, I get to do that. You oh have gosh. not accomplished anything in this game until you have ridden <laughs> a dragon. I know. That, you know that, that, that is my all the dragons goal. were in the north and were dead by the time that like any of the Lord of the Rings stuff happened, right? No, it's not a dragon. It's a drake. Like It's different. Oh, I thought you said dragon. <laughs> yeah, they're like... Drake's. It looks like what the Nazgul like ride in the movies. Oh, okay. Kind of, okay. Kind of like okay, that's different. Um, but yeah, I'm I really excited for that. And then <laughs> I think I just got the side quest to go fight a Balrog. So I haven't done it yet because I 
I know I'm going to get completely screwed, so I want to make sure I'm powerful enough. But I will <laughs> report back to how awesome that side quest hopefully is. So I'm excited for Sounds that. Sounds good. Sweet. So, play anything else? Um, yeah, I mean, I played a couple other games. Um, I don't want to take go too long. I know I talked a lot about Shadow of War because the game's awesome. But uh, I am <laughs> I am reviewing World World to the West um, on the Switch, and we'll be talking more about that. Um, next week, I was a little bummed at first because there was a lot of backtracking in the game, but uh, as I've kind of gotten a little further into it, that's not been quite as bad, but I'll share more impressions on that. Next week, quick Mario Odyssey star counts. I hit 767 moons today, so, so you're getting there. Like 70 away from completion? Ish. Okay. Uh, with, with not counting the ones you have to buy. Um, yeah, not counting the ones you can. So, buy. so now you're stepping into like the hardest, yeah. hardest of the, the moons. All, like, all the hint art ones. I'm slowly figuring out, and then, uh, you know, I have I think four worlds hundred percented, but the rest of them all have anywhere between like nine and like five moons left. So, trying to track down those last final ones is <laughs> tricky. Yeah, Good luck. those are. Um, Hard. Be I did, did want to give a shout out to Street Fighter V because they finally did a big free arcade edition update, and this game is finally a good game. Like <clears throat> when this what? game launched two years ago, it was not good, didn't very bare bones, but uh, yeah, it's it's solid now. It's got a really cool arcade mode where you can select Street Fighter One mode, Street Fighter Two, Street Fighter Three, or Street Fighter Four, and basically you play as just those characters that are introduced in that Street Fighter game because pretty much every character is in this game. And then you go through <clears throat> old school arcade battles from those games and fight them one at a time. And you do challenges like uh, dodge the barrels, beat up the car in the dock. And as you play, it'll do music and sound effects uh, remixed from that original Street Fighter game. So like you'll play through the Street Fighter 2 ones. And they'll do the same battle victory from Street Fighter 2 on Super Nintendo. And it'll do kind of the same other cool sound effects. So it's just this really cool thing that celebrates all things Street Fighter. Mm. Um, and they're even like the new uh, DLC characters are coming out, and they even like let you play as the the first new character in the new season for free for I think the first couple of weeks. So like they're definitely becoming a little less stingy and giving you more uh, free content and more reasons to check out that game. And I'm on my way to earning my beautiful Joe premium costume <laughs> for one of the characters because I love beautiful Joe and I will turn on that game every week just to get that costume so oh uh, man yeah no it's Sweet. it's good though it's a it's a good update they added new v trigger moves as well which i'm not gonna get into if you don't know street fighter but that's a new gameplay mechanic that's pretty cool too so yeah nice. that's only took them two years so good for them yeah <laughs> and you can you can buy the our arcade edition in a box i think it's like 40 bucks um, and it comes with all the previous DLC and some new costumes and stuff that are in there. But if you already own Street Fighter V, it's a free update. Like it's a 15 gig update or whatever that adds a bunch, bunch of uh, new stuff, which is cool. I didn't have to, you know, buy a big DLC pack or something. Yeah, that's Sorry. nice. You didn't have to rebuy the game or something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Rob, do you want to give us a quick update on Horizon? I know you said you didn't have a little time. <laughs> But you're still working yeah, through Yeah, I DLC. didn't have a lot of time to play games this week. I did get a little bit of a chance to play Horizon Zero Dawn earlier today. Um, just continuing to grind away. Knocked out a couple more quests. Uh, unlocked some more gear. Um, stepping. You said you're you're almost done this with this game last week. So are you you feel like you're pretty close? Or the, the I, not the game, but the DLC, I guess. Yeah, I would say I'm pretty close. I did look something up the other day because I was like, I'm curious, you know, 
how many more quests there are in this one because there was a, I like walked into a place that had already been and already done all the quests and there was a new quest so I was like oh, wow. oh that's weird and so I kind of looked it up and there's I think three or four more side quests besides the main ones that I that I haven't triggered yet and won't trigger until after I've already completed like some of the main quest ones. I'm like, oh, so it'll be a little bit more time in there, but they sh- normally the side quests don't take too long. So final yeah, review like, of the Frozen Wilds coming soon. So you're going to 100% soon. the DLC as well? I don't know, because some of the achievements and stuff are like, do like five of this move or kill ten of this enemy. I was like, eh. I think you'll get you'll build the quests and everything like <laughs> that's that. That's getting into a little bit too much of grinding. Yeah. Cool. All right. Sounds well, good. Next week we will be back. Episode eighty is coming. Look on our Twitter this weekend for a fun announcement of something you can look forward to uh, next week on episode eighty. Thanks for sticking with us through this episode. We hope you guys have a great week. We leave you with Bowser's Kingdom theme from Super Mario Odyssey. Have a great week, everyone. See ya. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh.